Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. Hello and welcome once again to Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. I'm Robert Evans, our host, and my guest this week is Dave Ross, uh, co-host of Suicide Friends. Nope. Damn it! <laughs> God damn it! That's okay, man. It's Suicide Buddies. Suicide Buddies. Suicide Friends. Is, it's funny. The That sounds like a kid's show. I keep, yeah, okay. Off mic, oh, this is not going to go. Damn. I mean, it could. This is great. You should. I don't know, man. I like, my favorite thing in the world is mistakes. It's uh, it's where all of my comedy comes from, my own mistakes. So and I love it. It's especially galling because we're recording this immediately after recording part one. So I haven't even had the excuse of a couple of days wait no. time to get this wrong. No, There's we've no been hanging excuse. out. Yeah. And you got... Yeah, you got my name wrong at one point. I, I, am, it was I great. am a terrible person. At one point off mic, you referred to the podcast as Suicide Club, <laughs> and I just love that. Because that really sounds like we're going to die on the podcast. <laughs> Suicide Buddies does, too. It does. I, uh, I'm still, it's my podcast, and I'm still not entirely sold on the name. Uh, Suicide Buddies. We're trying to, we're trying to imply that it's a fun suicide podcast because it is oh okay but buddies it is it's like we talk about a uh, different person in history every week who killed themselves oh that's a great idea yeah it's fun and uh but we're two comics so we get real real ridiculous with it sure yeah well let's get ridiculous with paul manafort again oh, what a uh, segue yeah yeah if you're <laughs> if you're just tuning into this and you didn't hear part one i would recommend listening to part one of our paul manafort episode we talk about how he changed lobbying from a thing that people didn't really do into a thing that 
there's tens of thousands of lobbyists now, and it influences our democracy at every level. A lot of that's Paul Manafort's doing. He's the guy who brought uh, lobbying for dictatorships to the United States back into vogue. Um, and we had <laughs> so just funny. yeah, <laughs> he didn't even invent lobbying. He no. just made it bad. He just made it worse <laughs> and bigger. Yeah, <laughs> and he. He fucked our whole democracy by doing it. Um, but at the point of our story that we're at, uh, he is fucking Ukraine's democracy. Uh, he started working with a guy named Viktor Yanukovych and a Russian billionaire named Oleg Deripaska, uh, both of whose names I pronounced correctly, I think, while getting your name, Dave, wrong just a minute ago, because <laughs> I, I am the real bastard behind this show. You um, are truly are my Paul Manafort. <laughs> Everyone's someone's Paul Manafort. <laughs> That's probably true. Paul Manafort thinks about that when he needs to feel better about himself. I wonder. <laughs> that's that is probably not that inaccurate. Look, other people are bad too. Yeah. Sherry or whatever yeah. his wife's so name is. So what if I've helped a couple civil wars last longer? <laughs> yeah, man, it's funny to think that you're right. No matter who you are, there's someone out there who's like, uh yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, Dan Ross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Dan Ross now. <laughs> you set it off, Mike. It was yeah. I'm uh, the one bringing it back up. I'm I, Paul Manafort. No, but I, I want people to know how terrible I am. It's important. I want people to know how terrible I am. Well, this is a great show to be on. Then <laughs> we should start a podcast called the Paul Manaforts. <laughs> <laughs> the Paul's Manafort. No, that, oh, it's that's like attorneys general. You're right. Yeah, no, yeah. that was unfair of me. <laughs> I don't want to be unfair to Paul Manafort. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, Paul Manafort has you know advised Viktor Yanukovych on what he needs to do in order to win the presidency because he lost back in two thousand five. He has him change his hair, has him get new suits, it changes the way his his party starts you know agitating and basically trying to get him to use U.S. style political tactics to win election in Ukraine. And this strategy works. Uh, Yanukovych's party over the next couple of years wins a bunch of seats in parliament, and in two thousand ten, Yanukovych was finally elected president. His opponent was arrested a year later, and Yanukovych sort of went full dictator, buying himself an enormous palace with a floating restaurant on a private lake and turning the federal riot police, the Berkut, into an instrument for enforcing his will. He did that like like a fucking finger snap fast, like wow. just instantly dictator. It's it's <laughs> almost almost laudable how quickly he's like, all right, going to jail my opponent and start building a palace. Instantly dictator sounds a lot like the phrase suddenly Susan. Yes. <laughs> Which, that was a TV show, right? It was. It yeah. was a corny, I think, TGIF sitcom. Well, someone should reboot it and Susan should be <laughs> a uh, Eastern European dictator. Yeah. Yeah. Putting people on the rack, batoning their feet. Yeah. Yeah, but with a laugh track. But with a laugh track, of course. Yeah. So people know the torture scenes are funny as opposed <laughs> right. to horrifying. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, this went great for Paul, obviously, the fact that he had actually successfully gotten a dictator into power. Uh, so he just basically started writing down blank checks for the sums of money he needed to continue to help Yanukovych out. Yanukovych would send his chief of staff out to shake down oligarchs for cash, and they always paid because Manafort had given them control of the entire country. So he's getting millions of dollars. These oligarchs are getting to do whatever they want without human rights concerns, and Viktor Yanukovych is getting to move his country closer to Vladimir Putin's Russia. Even though most people in the country don't want that, right? So it's it's working out for everybody, right? For no one gets hurt in the process at all, for sure. No, it's wonderful, and it seems like it's (laughs) going to last perfectly forever. Uh, Manafort also continued to work with Oleg Deripaska during this period. Now, Oleg had amassed a preposterous fortune in Russia's bloody aluminum wars, which caused more death than a lot of actual wars. 
Um, so when the Soviet Union fell, right, under uh-huh. the Soviet Union, all of these different industries and stuff are owned by the state. So they're owned collectively by all the people, right? Right, right, right. So when the Soviet Union stops being a thing, the thing that they land on essentially is giving all of the people vouchers for a tiny percentage of a control of these various industries, the gas industry, these aluminum companies, whatever. Everybody gets a chunk of that. And... It seemed like a, the right way to, at the time, sort of nationalize the economy and benefit all the people. But what happens in practice is that a, a small number of enterprising billionaires basically buy up all of the these Vouchers. people for, like, beer money and then wind up amassing enormous fortunes. And Whoa. We'll run in the conflict. Beer and money. Yeah, Oleg is considered, yeah, they would, like, bribe people with, with yeah, like, enough money to get drunk for a night for shares and, and gas. they're like, sure, they're so yeah. broke. They're, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's just a piece of paper. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And then some of these guys wind up being a few of the richest people in the world uh, who apparently meddled in our election. But uh. <laughs> after hearing about what Manafort's been doing, anyway... Um, so yeah, Deripaska was one of the bloodiest of the oligarchs of this period. Um, and in 2007, he was worth well over $20 billion. And that's the year that he promised Paul Manafort $100 million to help him start an investment fund called Pericles. Now, Manafort took at least $19 million of Deripaska's money and bought maybe nothing with it. So he was supposed to be using this money to purchase a telecom firm for this investment company because he was hoping the firm would you know, appreciate in value. That price tag included $7.35 million in management fees for Paul. Um, but right after the purchase, the global economy collapsed, and Deripaska was suddenly worth a whole lot less than he had been. Um, so Deripaska asks for his money back, and it turns out that Paul Manafort doesn't have the money and also didn't buy the firm that he said he'd bought, so they can't even sell the firm. Like, it, it seems like he just stole $19 million from this blood-drenched Russian billionaire. Um <laughs> Which what is funny about this is that like, yeah, this is all crazy and evil, but I don't care that someone stole 19 million dollars from that guy. Yeah, I don't care at all. No, but if, but he's bad. I I keep saying bad. I mean, he, yeah, I don't know. What's the word? What do you he's a, use to describe these people? I don't know. With Bastards, Paul I guess. Yeah, bastard is a, is a good starter term. This story makes it, because if you remember from part one we were talking about, there's a rumor that he basically stole $10 million from right. Ferdinand Marcos, the dictator of the Philippines. And Paul denies it. But so if this you makes look it at, almost certain. This makes it, yeah, of course he did that. Of this is what he does, is right. he steals money from terrible people and assumes he'll be fine. Right. Because they will probably need him in the future. Oh, man, tell me there's like a hit out on him now or something like there's, that. There's got to be. There's yeah. no way to confirm it, but like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, So things start to go off the rails for Paul Manafort uh, at this point, because in spite of all of the money coming in from Yanukovych, which was at least $12.5 million by like the the mid-aughts, and the $19 million he stole from Deripaska, Paul was deep in debt. This is because he loved debt and thought anyone who wasn't deep in debt was a sucker. He took out a $15 million loan or $15 million in loans over a two-year period backed by his real estate, which the experts say is a classic money laundering tactic. Robert Mueller's indictment alleged that Manafort actually lied on several loan applications in order to get money. So he's he's committing shitloads of crimes and just assuming no one will ever look into it, which in this period of time, no one is looking into it. He's just right. getting loans left and right and millions of dollars and buying houses and horse stables. He's fine. Um, But he wound up being in real trouble in November of 2013 when crowds assembled in Kiev's independent square, better known as the Maidan. These protesters were angry that President Yanukovych had decided to back out of signing an association agreement with the EU in favor of closer relations with Putin's Russia. So Yanukovych sent his elite Berkut 
riot police in to disperse the protesters. They did this with tremendous violence. This sparked more protests and brought a wider swath of the population out into the street, including the parents of the kids who'd first been beaten for protesting. Things got out of hand very quickly, like as out of hand as they could possibly get. Within a few weeks, the protests had turned from protests into people building an ice fortress in the center of Ukraine's capital. Um, This fortress had like the resources of a small city, including communal kitchens, restrooms, media areas, a library, medical tents, and catapults. So these protesters are like fighting against the dictator in the center of his capital city with like police laying siege to them and like ice walls that they're defending with catapults throwing hundreds of Molotov. What? I was this is, <laughs> this is one of the first stories I ever covered and there are videos you can find of police tanks trying to ram the walls of this fortress and them throwing so many Molotov cocktails that the tank's treads melt to the ground. Whoa. It's fucking nuts. The, the, the Ukrainian revolution of 2014 is one of the craziest looking protest movements you will ever see. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Um, and the Berkut, like the, these police that he's turned into essentially his Gestapo, are doing things like arresting people they suspect of supplying this protest camp and stripping them naked and throwing them into the snow in the middle of the Ukrainian winter, which is like... There's no right. isn't, get, get, that's this winter that's as torture. it fucking gets. Yeah. Right. And some people die doing this. Like they're so the, murdering. The people. fortress is the protesters or the yeah. tanks are the, the protesters. The fortress is the protesters. Okay, yeah. The tanks are the government. Right. Yeah. Which would make sense. But still, how do yeah. you get a fortress? And it's such a nuts protest that people hate Yanukovych so much in Ukraine that there are Nazis fighting alongside Jewish people and communists against the government. Like it Whoa. was it was that kind of fucking crazy. Like like everyone can agree we got to get this fucker out of office. Whoa. Um so it's it's like that's how much people hate him within western Ukraine. He's actually pretty popular in the east. Um, and again, uh, Paul Manafort's strategy for trying to build popularity for the Yanukovych regime was to exacerbate the uh, and, and emphasize sort of the differences between the East and the West. Because the East part of the Ukraine liked Russia and wanted to be closer with Russia, and the West liked the EU more and wanted to be closer to the EU. And so his big strategy for Yanukovych was play to the East and shit on the West as much as possible and get the two sides of the country angry at each other because that will ensure more popularity for you. So that's big. Paul Manafort's whole strategy is to incite uh, civil unrest within the country in order to make things so they easier look for to the dictator. you. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So this is how Paul Manafort suggests playing Ukraine and exactly what Yanukovych does. Uh, in December, when all of this is really hitting a point of crazy escalation, Paul Manafort sends a text to his daughter, Andrea. He says, Obama's approval ratings are lower than Yanukovych's, and you don't see him being ousted. So that's his him figuring it's going to be okay. Because for him, it has to be okay. Because he is so deep in debt that if he doesn't keep getting the millions of dollars he's getting from... Uh, Dictators. Yeah, exactly. From this dictator. This is his okay. big whale right now. If this money train stops, he's fucked. So he just tells himself it's going to be fine. Crazy. And, and you said that he likes debt. Yeah. Couldn't he just pay this debt off? No, because he he's spending his money as soon as he makes it. He's buying houses without even looking at them. He he like he said he does stuff like when his daughter says she wants to learn horseback riding. He buys her a right, stable buys her a farm. and he has purebred horses flown in from Ireland along with a full-time staff to take care of. Right. Like that's how he's spending money. 
Okay. And so everything's flying out of his hands as quickly as possible. Before this point, he's he urged the Yanukovych to exacerbate tensions between East and West in order to really solidify his reign. And when this protest movement starts picking up steam, he advises him to start brutally suppressing the protesters, which you can debate on how much suggestion Yanukovych needed to do that because he's a pretty bad guy himself. Well, but, but even to make the suggestion is crazy. Yeah. And we'll get into who says that he did that a little bit later because it's pretty damning. Um, so in January and February of 2014, the Ukrainian revolution escalated to a point of true insanity. Uh, I conducted dozens of interviews with protesters during this period, people who reported being beaten with truncheons and shot with rubber bullets at point-blank range. One of the guys I was interviewing at one point, I asked him what he planned, because he was a guy like driving uh, cars full of supplies into this place and out and like avoiding the police on the streets while it happened. And I asked him like what he planned to do if the police came after him. And he just pulled a revolver out that he had in his jacket and said like, this is what I plan to do if the police wow. catch me. And I never talked to that guy again. I tried to. I don't know what happened to him. A lot of people disappeared during this period of time, and he's one of the people. I've never gotten back in touch with Whoa. him. I don't know what happened. Um, so from February 18th to the 20th, President Yanukovych took the gloves off, possibly at Paul Manafort's behest. In two days, his police shot nearly 100 protesters dead. Uh, the police advanced in huge numbers, and a giant medieval battle was raged over the Maidan Ice Fortress. A lot of it was streamed live, and I remember watching the last few minutes before the signal cut off. Protesters, their ice walls had been torn down and broken apart by the police, so they had built a wall of fire and were burning all of their structures and tents. And in the middle of the Ukrainian winter, one of the last things I saw was people stripping off their jackets and clothing in the frigid cold and throwing it into the fire to try to and keep, keep the fire going. To keep the fire going and the police away. So this is how fucking insane it, is. Yeah. it looked like the end of the damn world. Um, but it worked. They succeeded in raising so much unrest in the western part of Ukraine that President Yanukovych had to flee the country for Russia. Wow. Um, so they ousted their president. And, of course, a civil war immediately sparked right after that. Essentially, a big chunk of the East declared itself a separate country, and Russian-backed separatists is the term you'll hear for these guys. A lot of them are Russian soldiers who would just take off their uniform patches and walk across. This is when Russia annexes the Crimea. All of this stuff happens. And this whole East-West divide that led to a civil war that's killed 10,000 people and counting was, again, Paul Manafort saying, you should exacerbate the divide between East and West in order to increase your own power. So you can credibly say Paul Manafort had a major role in sparking the Ukrainian civil war. Because it, it kind of happened right. as a result of Yanukovych following his advice. Again, not to take credit for being a monster from Yanukovych away, because he's a piece of shit too, but Paul Manafort has a lot of blood on his hands, is all I'm yeah. saying. Um, so yeah, by the end of February 2014, Yanukovych is out, uh, and the country is no longer safe for Paul Manafort, which was a problem because his office right next to the Maidan was filled with papers that showed he'd been paid millions of dollars that he hadn't reported yet to anyone, including the U.S. government, who thanks to that FASA act that we heard about in the first part, uh, you, you have to register when you're working. Right. Manafort hadn't, and he hadn't been reporting these payments, and he hadn't been Whoa. paying taxes on these payments. Right. But we'll get into more of that I mean, later. that's not... I mean, <laughs> everything he did is so awful that I'm like, I don't even... Yeah, the tax fraud thing, but... <laughs> yeah. 
that's what'll bring him down because sure. we live in a topsy turvy society where everything else he did was fine. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so around 2014 is when Paul Manafort's life starts to come off the fucking rails. His daughters catch him having an affair with a woman 30 years younger than him. He'd apparently paid for his mistress's $9,000 a month apartment in Manhattan. He'd bought her a house in the Hamptons. He'd also given her an American Express card and let her spend however much she wanted. During this time, his mistress went on a friend's podcast and said, quote, I only go to luxury restaurants, and then talked about how fancy her life was. This is part of how his daughters found out about, yeah. Wow. So when his daughters go to him, Manafort apologizes to them and promises to clean up his act. And then six months later, they catch him cheating again with the same woman because she posted about one of their trips on Instagram. <laughs> yes! He's... <laughs> It's so crazy to be so, so savvy with manipulating people and to be so stupid at the same time. Yeah, there's some people who are like, George Bush is a very specific piece of shit. He was a piece of shit in a couple of specific ways. But the rest of the time, like as a parent, as a husband and stuff, nobody has any complaints. Paul Manafort is comprehensively a piece of shit. Right, top to bottom. Top to bottom. Going for the gold in every single category. Like, how can I be the worst person I can possibly be? I think even it's funny. Daily question. On the last uh, part one, we talked about (laughs) how his daughter was conceived between conference calls. (laughs) And thinking about that a little bit more, like initially, I thought that that's a crazy thing to tell your daughter, and it's crazy alone to just be like, "Hey, you know how." We were conceived like, yeah. ever to yeah. even say that. Yeah, that's disgusting. Do you yeah. like you know your mom and I had sex uh, at this yeah. specific place, and that's where you came from. Oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna Paul need a nap. Yeah. So this is as good a time as any to talk about Paul Manafort's lovely daughters. Now, we're fortunate enough that several Ukrainian hackers managed to steal his daughter Andrea's text message records. And in fact, I haven't had a chance to use them for this episode, but just today someone posted a searchable database of the Manafort text. So you can Oh, really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fantastic. WikiLeaks refused to publish a lot of them for Really? Yeah, cuz they're shady. Uh, cuz WikiLeaks is shady? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but they're out there, and they're amazing. Uh, In these texts, which Paul Manafort himself has said are legitimately texts from his daughter and him, uh, in these texts, Andrea tells her sister Jessica that their dad has, quote, no moral or legal compass. Don't fool yourself, she says. The money we have is blood money. So, wow, yeah. Andrea sounds nice when you hear that part, right? It does. Uh, She does. And in her text to her friends and family, Andrea implicates her father in the murder of 100 Ukrainian protesters. Quote, you know he has killed people in Ukraine, knowingly, as a tactic to outrage the world and get focus on Ukraine. Remember when there were all those deaths taking place a while back? She's talking about all the people who were killed those two days in the Maidan. About a year ago, revolts and whatnot. Do you know the whose strategy that was to cause that, to send those people out and get them slaughtered? He is a sick fucking tyrant, and we keep showing up and dancing for him. We just keep showing up and eating the lobster. Nothing changes. Wow. Yeah. So you hear that, and you, you kind of like Andrea, and you think maybe evil skipped a generation. Yeah. We're going to get a little bit deeper into her personality, but first, <laughs> advertisements, <laughs> capitalism. Uh, also by Doritos. All right, ads. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini games. 
Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. And we're back, uh, and we're talking about Andrea Manafort, Paul Manafort's lovely daughter, who has just- Who once, seems great at this point. Who seems great, yeah, because she's calling her dad Self-aware. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. She knows their money is blood money. She's implicated her father in the deaths of 100 people. Mad at her dad. <laughs> yeah. Not trying to be her dad. That's how it seems. That's how it seems. Now we're going to get into the conversations and text messages that she sent during the 2016 election. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm pass out from yeah. hate. So here is a conversation from March 17th, 2016. Jessica Manafort. Guess who called dad last night and asked him to run his convention? It's Donald Trump. Andrea Manafort. Mom told me he was going to call dad. She told me to get ready for Trump to be president and pick the position in the White House I want. Jessica. Dad gave him his list of requirements, and so long as he can fulfill the list, dad accepted. So that's super charming. She, she's just, their mom immediately promised them jobs in the White House because Paul Manafort's going to be running Donald Trump's campaign. Yeah. Wow. They're all excited about that. Sure. 
Um, Everyone wants a job. I should note that in 2015, Paul Manafort had something of a breakdown after he was caught cheating a second time. Uh, This may have had something to do with the fact that he was running out of money. Uh, He threatened suicide over the phone to his daughters and wound up at a clinic in Arizona. And that's when those texts that were very negative towards Paul Manafort were sent. So it may be that they were just angry that the money train had stopped and that their dad was being whiny to them, which is maybe why they're more friendly later on. Wow. So we'll see. Uh, and when he got out, obviously, gets out of this this clinic thing, Paul goes shopping for despots because he needed money, and the only thing he knows how to do is help authoritarian strongmen. And everyone turned him down because the Ukraine had been a really high-profile fuck-up for him. So I, I should say everyone turned him down until he went to Donald Trump, uh, who was, of course, his old client, as we discussed in part what? one. And also the That's guy— That's why he ran Trump's campaign? Yeah. Well, he was also because renting a room from him. every murderer said no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's right. Okay. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. It's okay. And it's great because he reached out to Donald Trump and asked if he could work on his campaign and stuff. Like, and when he started doing that, he was talking to his friends about it, and his friends all said the same thing, which was basically, "Paul, you are the shadiest man in the world. You commit crimes constantly. The last thing you should do is get involved in a presidential election. There's no way that this ends well for you." But he did it anyway. Um, when he offers to work on the Trump campaign, he offers to do it for free because obviously, like again, he got his start because he helped Reagan win and then helped place people in the Reagan White House and then right. lobbied. That's what he's planning to do again, right? So he right. doesn't – whatever money Donald could legally offer him is not going to help him. So he just offers to do it for free. Um, and on May 19th, uh, 2016, he becomes Donald Trump's official campaign manager. Uh, but even before that point, he was a big part of the Trump operation, which we know because of what his daughter Andrea texted to a friend on March 29th. Friend, I'm not paying enough attention to really form an opinion, but yeah, I think economy makes sense. I just hate what an asshole Trump is in the process. She's clearly saying, like, well, have you been paying attention? Anyway, right. Andrea says, well, hopefully my dad will help scale that back. That's part of the reason he was brought on. He is refusing payment because he doesn't want to be viewed as Trump's employee, only having his expenses covered. He is involved purely because he wants to help the country, and he thinks Trump is best so long as Trump gets trained a bit. P.S. This is all top secret, so please do not repeat. <laughs> Your texts are never top secret. <laughs> Andrea, dude, he is second in command, perhaps arguably running it. The campaign manager is all for show. Corey Lewandowski doesn't do shit. Trump has been managing his own campaign. In Andrea's view of things, which is probably the view of things Paul wanted to present to his daughter, he's a master puppeteer controlling Donald Trump on a string. For the sake of portraying the full picture, I've decided to include some other recollections of Donald Trump and Paul Manafort's working relationship. Our first source is this fantastically named Business Insider article, Trump reportedly once ordered his helicopter to fly low so he could stay on the phone to yell at Paul Manafort. (laughs) That's the title of the article. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That says a lot. (laughs) That editor is great. Yeah, that's that's the best title. (laughs) Now, this is all based on Corey Lewandowski's memoir, so it should be taken with as much salt as what Andrea says. Neither of them are reliable narrators in this. But this is the other view of things, is that Trump's angry at him a lot. Um, Lewandowski says that he was angry in this specific incident because Manafort had advised Trump not to go on TV after doing something dumb. Uh, Trump cursed him out and said, I know guys like you with your hair and your skin. These people, oh. <laughs> they're just garbage. <laughs> yeah, they're not even good at being funny. No, no. You would think if you're that evil, you would at least be funny. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? No, the charming evil guy is a Mister. You're scheming, and none you're... of them are like Hans Gruber, where you're like, ah, you're so bad, but you are so satisfying to yeah, listen. I want to. them to have at least like cute mm-hmm. catchphrases. Mm-hmm. No, Ugh. none of that shit. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Lewandowski claims Trump was infuriated after a New York Times article came out that suggested members of Trump's campaign went on TV to talk to their boss. The article was like Paul Manafort showing up on CNN so that Trump will listen to what he says because he does like that was what the New York Times was alleging. Oh wow! Uh, and Trump reportedly said, "You think you got to be on TV to talk to me? You treat me like a baby. Am I like a baby to you? I sit there like a little baby and watch TV, and you <laughs> talk to me. Am I a fucking baby, Paul?" This happened during the 2016 election. <laughs> That's what Corey Lewandowski says. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Trump again, is like this with everybody who works for him, right? I, I have no trouble believing that both sides of this could be true, that yeah. Paul Manafort was manipulating Trump and that Trump also accused him of treating him like a little baby. So it seems like a, a campaign manager's job is to treat the candidate like a baby. Yeah. Because they know and you don't. I mean, yeah, not that I'm defending Paul Manafort. Trump. But... Yeah. Like I said, his work with Trump is the least terrible thing he's done in this right. whole story. Yeah. Um, so Andrea's texts, again, represent, I think, what Manafort wanted her to believe. And that said, here's what she said to a friend on April 7th. Uh, the friend asked, is Paul getting a bigger role? Seems like it. Andrea said, you're surprised? I told you this was the game. You think Paul does anything in moderation? Friend. And like, if Trump gets elected, guess who's going to be chief of staff? Andrea. Pff, he would never accept. Friend. Too many skeletons in his closet? Andrea. Too constrictive. Paul is a lone wolf, has to go his own way, do what he wants and, and how he wants. He doesn't have room for other people and their needs once. Friend, yeah, that sounds about right. Andrea, he likes the challenge. That's why he's doing this. It's a game for him. He isn't being paid. Friend, man, I bet he's loving it. Andrea, this is pure sport. He's a power-hungry egomaniac. Yes, he is loving it, conclusively. Him and Trump are perfect allies for this agenda. It's so weird he is my dad. It's just weird. Like, my dad doesn't seem that smart. Like, he is smart, but I know I'm smarter than him. Friend, I don't doubt that. He's a master manipulator, which seems pretty key. Andrea, he is very manipulative. I did inherit that ability, but I don't exploit it like he does. I know all his tactics. They aren't that brilliant, but they do work. Friend, yes, you're right. You have a moral conscience, but she meant conscience. Andrea, like he just tells you the sky is green over and over, and eventually you are like, is it? I don't possess the ability to just lie like he does. Friend, yeah, he works his charm. Andrea, it's confidence. When you say something unwaveringly, people start to believe it. Friend, I mean, yeah, that's what got Trump where he is today. Andrea, yep, perfect allies. Trump probably has more morals than my dad, which is really just saying something about my dad. My dad is a psycho! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. At least Trump let his wives leave him. Plus, Trump has been a good father. Andrea, which, that's kind of heartbreaking. If you consider Donald Trump a good father compared to your dad. No shit. <laughs> yeah. At least Trump let his wives leave Lee. him. There's, like, nothing for me to get into specifically about that, but, like, something horrifying is happening that we don't even know about yet. At least he lets his wives leave him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, then what is Paul Manafort doing to his wife? I don't know. Um, I assume trapping her at the very least. Yeah, I assume Andrea is going because of some things she texts later. I assume we'll get a book from her eventually that sure. gives her side of what was going on when she decides. Anyway, uh, Andrea Trump waited a little too long in my opinion, but I can attest to the fact that he has now hired one of the world's greatest manipulators. I hope my dad pulls it off. Then I can sell my memoir with all his dirty little secrets for a pretty penny. <laughs> so, oh, why do you think she's going to write a book? Yeah, she's not great. It's so funny the difference in tone between those two conversations. Yeah. She literally said the exact same things, one of them being mad, one of them thinking it's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she clearly thinks it's cool now that he's helping to put a guy in charge sure. over here. Uh, here's another thing she texts on April 12th. Andrea, to a friend. 
By the way, if you want to exploit my dad to better your career, please let me know. Friend, are you serious? <laughs> Andrea, completely. Friend, I wouldn't be opposed to exploiting him. Andrea, I am on a business email basis with my dad, which is another heartbreaking Gross. sentence. Gross. Yeah. In another exchange, a friend whose dad worked at Lockheed Martin asks Andrea to talk to her dad so the campaign can reach out to them since Lockheed didn't want to be seen as reaching out to Trump but wanted to talk. Andrea said she was happy to be a, quote, conduit, and this quote pretty much gives you her whole moral compass. Andrea, totally get it. Not every day you know the man behind the man. Gotta exploit it, which is why I'm happy to help, because fuck it. Hopefully someone can benefit to my relationship to the Count of Monte Cristo, which is what Paul Manafort's nickname was in D.C. for a while. The Count of Monte Cristo? Yeah, as people called him in like the 80s and 90s. It's yeah. not short. It's no, a bad nickname. It's a bad nickname. These people are bad Let's at everything but manipulating governments. Yeah. Uh, after he resigned as Trump's campaign manager on August 19th, 2016, because it was revealed that he'd been taking millions of dollars in payments uh, from a Ukrainian dictator without... Yeah, that that all got sure. discussed. That's why he had to leave. Uh, Andrea claimed that it was basically a fake resignation and he was still active behind the scenes. Quote, Yes, for sure. He said that. In the next few weeks, we should hopefully be seeing a new Trump, so to speak. Last night's speech was a speech my dad had been pushing him to make for several weeks, and since it was so well received, he thinks Trump will be more responsive to doing things a bit differently. Later, friend, thoughts go out to your pops. I can only imagine that he's relieved, angry, hurting, a combination of a lot of emotions. Wishing you and your fam the best. Andrea, ha ha ha, you're so silly. It's all just PR. I don't like Andrea. No, I don't like her at all. <laughs> These people are all garbage. I mean, she turned out better than her dad, but that's a low bar. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's a low bar. I don't even know what to say. I <laughs> know, It's just so terrible. Every time something happens, I just don't, there's nothing to say. It's like, yep, mm -hmm. that's shitty. <laughs> it's just a God big old it. garbage pile. Um, How old is Andrea at this point? Or Andrea? I think she was born in 84, so she's like 34 in her mid-30s. Yeah, okay. Um, she's a grown-up. Yeah, she's a grown-up. And her, it, she got the horses. Her sister Jessica has been in some movies. Jessica Manafort, you can find her on IMDb. Some of like the high school days or days, D-A-Z-E. Like oh, fucking, okay. Like that shit. And Paul Manafort subsidized that with millions of dollars. Really? Yeah. She got to be a producer and a bunch of stuff. So, wow. Yeah. He helps his little girls make their dreams come sure. true with dictator money. So, uh, Andrea did not text about the June 9th, 2016 Trump Tower meeting Manafort held with Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and a lawyer connected to the Russian government. The ostensible purpose of that meeting was so the campaign could receive leaked info about Hillary Clinton. According to Manafort, they quickly realized the meeting was actually about the repeal of the Magnitsky Act, which basically sanctioned a bunch of super-rich Russians because they murdered a guy who was investigating their corruption. Um, the Russians want that removed, and then he, he, Manafort just—his claim is that, no, we just wanted dirt on Hillary Clinton, and they started talking about this, and so we—the meeting was a nothing burger. <laughs> anyway, this gets us caught up to the stuff that most people actually know. Uh, Paul Manafort, you know, helped Donald Trump on his way to power. Again, you know, that's not the worst thing he did. Uh, it is, however, the thing that finally tore his world apart. Uh, since 2014, he went from, yeah, funding his daughters and their dreams to— being able to provide nothing more than hot dogs and no ice for Andrea's wedding reception and ceasing all funding of Jessica's artistic career. So the money train has stopped for the Manafort daughters, unfortunately. That hot dogs and no ice thing, is that a line that you wrote? Or is no, that that's, a real... That's, he, had, uh, he eliminated a line item on her wedding budget for ice and suggested that they use hot dogs in the reception because he doesn't have... He's, he didn't have the money. He doesn't have the money anymore. 
It's going to pay a yeah. lot of lawyers right now. Fuck him, dude. I know. Yes. I know. Fuck this. Uh, this is one of those rare stories where he's a real where he piece gets of his shit. Comeuppance. And it looks like he's going to get his comeuppance. Yeah. Because he just fucked up too hard. And if he just stayed away from Donald Trump, right. lived a little bit less like a rich guy for a couple of years, none of this would have been found out. Right. But because he gets that public, people find out about the Ukraine stuff and it just starts this avalanche of shit. Um, last July, federal agents raided his home, frisked his wife, and took a shitload of his records. In February, a federal grand jury handed down a combined 32 indictments for Paul and Manafort and Rick Gates, his assistant. Paul faced, quote, seven counts of failure to file reports of foreign bank and financial records, five counts of bank fraud conspiracy, and four counts of bank fraud. So he is committing yeah. some fucking – I mean, he'd been committing these crimes for years. Now people give a shit. One of the many things that got him in trouble is obviously he hadn't registered as a foreign agent under FASA. He tried to in 2017 uh, and officially filed that he had made more than $17 million or so from Yanukovych, but we know it's a lot more. Uh, Manafort right. turned himself in and was released on $10 million bail and given house arrest. His two trials were scheduled in Virginia and D.C. in late July and September. Robert Mueller believes that Manafort funneled more than $75 million through offshore accounts. So Mueller says even when he registered and said he got $19 million, he was lying by a factor of like four. And he says, Mueller says that Manafort succeeded in laundering about $30 million of that by the time he got caught through a variety of real estate transactions and other rich guy shadiness. Uh, Mueller says they failed to pay taxes on any of this for a decade and also used fraud to get more than $20 million in bank loans during this period in time. So... Uh, Paul was not about to take being accused of committing multiple federal crimes lying down. He got out his trusty cell phone uh, while he was on house arrest and started texting two people who were working as witnesses against them. These people had earlier helped him lobby uh, and were now state's witness against him. Paul Manafort asked them to pretend the lobbying work had only been in Europe and not in the United States so that he hadn't violated, you know, FASA. He also asked them to put in a good word for him to several European leaders they'd previously lobbied. These guys basically didn't say anything and ignored his calls because they— we're already talking to the federal government and stuff, but Paul kept texting them. And that's how Mueller found the text in real life. What a fucking idiot, What man. a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, this is Paul. We should talk. I have made clear that they worked in Europe. And eventually Mueller caught on. And so Paul Manafort went from being in house arrest in a mansion to going to an actual fucking jail. And Good. for a while, he was in a rich VIP cell with a private shower and access to a laptop. But he has since been moved to an actual jail where he wears a prison jumpsuit. Like, and he's, he's in jail with a bunch of other people who are in fucking jail. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Here is his fucking mugshot. I've seen that yeah. photo. That's uh, a good one. Oh, it's man. It's a good one. He's a yeah. real fucking Fuck you, dude. piece of shit. Fuck you, Paul Manafort. <laughs> that feels good. It feels great. It feels good in a way that we don't get often these days also just saying fuck you paul manafort yeah there's a thing like every now and then i'll just say fuck trump on stage mm -hmm. when i'm performing and it's not a joke it does nothing for the show but god it feels good it's a little bit of a catharsis and Try you it almost in your day -to -day. never get that no. <laughs> yeah yeah fuck fuck trump and fuck paul manafort the fucker behind the fucker absolutely yeah 
so I guess for a little bit of a rant, I, I, as I said, I visited Ukraine for the first time in 2015. You know, I, I reported on the revolution remotely in 2014, and I visited in 2015, and I interviewed survivors of the Maidan protests, and I also reported on the civil war that had since broken out in that country. At one point, I found myself in a little town called Abdivka, near the front lines of the civil war. The Russian-backed separatists were shelling the little town when I arrived, and I spent a memorable morning in a city administrative building with a bunch of middle-aged office workers. The building had been hit several times before. The bathroom had been collapsed in by shell fire. Most of the windows were gone. But it otherwise looked just like any other, like, small government municipal building, like little old ladies with Garfield, like stuffed animals and stuff on their desks. But every now and then you'd hear a big 155 millimeter howitzer fire and everybody would just tense up for a second until you realized the round wasn't going to land nearby. So Avdivka had been under siege for about a year at that point in the civil war that Paul Manafort helped start. And the local government had been reduced to basically just handing out plastic sheets to people who'd had their windows shattered by mortar fire because the winters are too cold to not have your house sealed. Right. So that's all the government can do at this point is people are handing in like their IDs and getting marked down how much plastic they're getting. And then these ladies are cutting them pieces of plastic sheeting to take back to their oh houses. Oh, my God. And at one point while I'm just sitting around interviewing these people, an elderly couple comes in. And their house had been hit that morning. Um, the husband was shaking and couldn't focus his eyes. And he had just blood pouring down his forehead. And his wife was sort of guiding him into the room. And she seemed to be the more together of the two. It almost looks a little bit like someone has kind of like a, a palsy when they've been very close to an artillery barrage. Like it does shake things up in their head. And that's how this guy looked at the time. I didn't encounter Paul Manafort's name while I was in Ukraine reporting on all this. But I realized much later that a number of people had talked about him to me. Uh, like in the Philippines years before, Manafort had become a hated and cursed figure in Kiev. Uh, over and over again, people had told me about the carnage that he had helped incite, but they hadn't used his name. They blamed it on an American political technologist. This is the term that they used. Huh. Um, now, I've come to really like the term political technologist because I think it accurately gets at what's inside the head of a man like Paul Manafort. To everyone else, politics is about human lives, people striving for, in some case, basic necessities, right. in some case, trying to make the world a better place, trying to improve the human condition. That's what politics is to normal people, to people with souls. To Paul Manafort, politics, a political campaign, a regime, is like a broken watch or a broken appliance, a refrigerator that's busted. And all he cares about is going in there and doing what he needs to fix it and get it working. And it doesn't matter what the machine is or what it does to him. It doesn't matter how it's going to be used. His job is to get it working. Yeah. And that's the fucking man that he is. Wow. So I think it's a term we could stand to use more in our own country, political technologist. Wow. Anyway, that's my podcast. It's a wonderful way to define that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sort of soaking in that phrase, man. Yeah. Ukraine's a lovely country. Do you think that's what they meant? That's the term they used. Um, I didn't really know what they meant at the time. It was always explained to me as they're Americans who know how to run fancy American-style elections, and our guy brought them in to sort of help Technologist. Yeah, political technologist. I really like that term. I like it, too. Um, yeah. So... Paul Manafort. I'm straight up rocked, man. I, Honestly, I do not appreciate you having me on your podcast. <laughs> I feel horrible. No, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, that happens a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a happy ending in that there's a good chance he'll die in prison. Right. And, and that's what should happen to Paul Manafort. 
Absolutely. And if he does get out of prison, he pissed off that Russian billionaire who will definitely have him murdered. Yeah, there are hits out on him. There have definitely, to be. and not just from Russia. Yeah, or Ukraine, because so many people have to want this fucker dead. Absolutely, at least in the Philippines. I don't want him dead yet. I want him to spend the rest of his life in prison. And what I want to have happen is for his his wife and his kids to visit him a couple of times and then gradually stop. And then no yes. one visits Paul Manafort. And the world moves on, and he's just in prison for another 30 or 40 years. Well, yeah, and for the people yeah. in prison to slowly find out about what he did. Yeah. Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's in this prison, but yeah. I would venture a guess that most people in that prison don't think it's that cool to incite yeah. violent revolutions that kill thousands or millions yeah, of people. Yeah, they were just selling some smack or whatever. Yeah, like, They're totally. not monsters. He is. But even then, I, I'm, I'm excited for when they forget what he did, and he's just another name. And he's he'll never wear a fancy suit again. He'll never eat gourmet food again. He'll never know the glorious taste of Doritos ranch cheese. He, he, he'll, he'll just be— Just a shithead in prison. Just a shithead in prison, and he'll die alone and unmourned. And he'll know that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Fuck you, Paul Manafort. Fuck you, Paul Manafort. So eloquently said, I couldn't have um, <laughs> come up with a better punishment for him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice. This is really the only time we've had, other than Gaddafi, on our podcast so far, where like a bad guy got what was coming to them. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah, it feels good. It almost never happens, but it feels good when it does. So, you should plug your stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. You can't see, but I'm laying down in a bed <laughs> right now. That's the sad bed. It's critical I'm to our operation. Laying on a bed, reaching above me, making coffee. Um, I uh, my name's Dave Ross. I'm a comedian. I tour. My website is DaveToTheRoss.com, and my podcast is Suicide Buddies. It's uh, dark, but a lot of fun. Yeah, check out Dave Ross and Suicide Buddies. Suicide Friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on. And I'm, of course, Robert Evans. You can find me on Twitter at I Write OK. Just two letters. I've got a book on Amazon, A Brief History of Vice. So check that out, too. Uh, you can find this podcast on the internet at BehindTheBastards.com. Uh, you can find us on social media at, at BastardsPod, where we'll have all of this mini sources for this article and pictures like Paul Manafort's glorious mugshot. Uh, so, yeah, check us out next week. And, you know, I love... Statistically, about 40% of you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. 
The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.